How can we make the world better? By making ourselves better. The Dr. Joe Show explores how you can make positive personal change by using his groundbreaking and highly effective I Am approach to understand who we are and why we do what we do. Your small changes can have big effects. Join us now for the Dr. Joe Show with Mark Stiles of Stiles Law and your host, Dr. Joe Schrand. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, NBs and otherwise, friends, enemies, welcome to the Dr. Joe Show. Yay! Tom, as always, you uh, are impressive. And, and I, just so people know, we, we, um, we did a wonderful show, and I know I've said this before, uh, last couple of weeks, but we've changed our introduction as as a response to um, to one of our guests, Rainey, um, who uh, said that it was a little bit still off to just be saying ladies and gentlemen, and they were absolutely right. And so we were talking about that, and I said, thanks for calling me out. And then later they said, no, no, we've called you in, which I thought was wonderful. We've called you in, you're in the group, and so we are you know, we're, we're there. I wonder, with that in mind, whether you could introduce our guests for tonight. Well, Dr. Joe, we have two incredible guests, both alumni of the Dr. Joe Show, you'll be pleased to know. We, have, pleased. Zoe, we have Zoe Bradford of the company Theater and Brendan Mulhern from Chicago, now in New York. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and, and welcome, uh, my friends, and yes, for your, you know, return appearance on the Dr. Joe show. I so appreciate it. Um, I really do. And what I wanted to talk with you guys about is what's happening at company theater. And Zoe, you want to start, tell us what, what show is on so we can get people uh, to get there. Sure. Well, first of all, it's fun to be on the show. Great to see all of you here. And Brendan, we have worked with before uh, many years ago before he uh, did some various moves and you know, it's all about actors. I'm telling you, we have a very strong cast who are performing a show called Something Rotten. Now, Something Rotten doesn't sound very appealing, but it's a little play on words. Something Rotten in Denmark, as you know, from is a line from Hamlet. <clears throat> and this is a satire on Shakespeare, but you don't have to know about Shakespeare to enjoy this musical comedy. It's really... Uh, a, a satire on musical comedies as much as it is about uh, Shakespeare, the Renaissance, and uh, that wonderful period where there were so many changes happening, which it sort of feels like we may be coming into one right now, coming out of the pandemic. So anyway, we're having a total blast working on this show because the talent level is extraordinary and they really know how to make it fun. So we don't talk in the traditional Shakespearean language, except to poke a little bit of fun in it. But a lot of the classic lines from Shakespeare uh, creep up in funny ways. Wow. This sounds sounds incredible. And you know, for, for, for people who are or are not Shakespeare fans, this sounds like a musical to go to see. And, and where is it playing? And, and that, So we're just... at the company theater, of course, in yep. Norwell. And uh, this is our, tonight we're performing at 7.30, but then we only have three more performances left over the weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And then we will have concluded. We have been running for two weeks. We've gotten rave reviews, standing ovations every night. I mean, I couldn't be happier with the response from this show. And like I say, you don't have to really know Shakespeare or, that, or, or history per se to, to appreciate it. You're just gonna get uh, the jokes and they are hilarious. This is such a well-crafted script and score. The score is very catchy and interesting and, uh, and fun, fun to sing. Um, it's got a little uh, gospel overtones and um, classical musical theater, uh, great big uh, choreo numbers and kick lines and all that kind of stuff. But it also has um, super clever lines in it as we go on this little journey with the Bottom Brothers who are living in the shadow of William Shakespeare. Uh, and they just can't seem to write a hit. So the premise of the show is that one brother decides to see a soothsayer, uh, a Nostradamus, but it's not the Nostradamus, it's his cousin Thomas Nostradamus. And cousin Thomas is not, does not have the same gifts as his profound brother and gets history a little bit wrong, uh, but he has a vision on what the latest and greatest and most incredible thing in the future will be is musicals. So um, with that in mind, 
Uh, he gets a little bit of information into everything he predicts, but it's all a little askew. And that's part of the fun. That's a great, great overview. I cannot wait to see it. Yeah, you're uh, right. I, I'm just so curious because Shakespeare, you know, everybody, well, I think most people know about Shakespeare. Brendan um, is in many ways a Shakespeare expert, having honestly done one of the greatest performances of Macbeth I have ever seen, playing the lead role, Macbeth. And you're, you're now a graduate of uh, quite a auspicious drama school. And tell us, tell us what you know about Shakespeare, Brendan. Well, I really appreciate uh, you referring to me as an expert. I don't think I don't know that I would necessarily go that far. There are people that are far more knowledgeable and experienced than me, but I do have a deep passion for it, and I and I love learning more and and exploring his works uh, with every opportunity that I get. Uh, also, thank you for your praise of my performance. Uh, we actors are are very. Um, uh, uh, thin, <laughs> and uh, we need as much pats on the back and and uh, applause as we can get. That's what what uh, keeps us alive. So thank you very much. Um, what well, what I I love about Shakespeare and actually what works really well with something rotten is um, just that accessibility. I think a lot of people sometimes think that um, Shakespeare is unapproachable. They, they see the language and they, they see something that maybe they don't understand right off the bat, or they see performances where they don't really understand the language and things like that. Uh, and, and they also might not have, um, uh, an opportunity to have explored, uh, the world in which William Shakespeare was writing. And so a show like something rotten, which shows, uh, just how competitive it was at the, in William Shakespeare's time to create theater as just as it is today. Um, the backstabbing and the uh, thievery, maybe outright thievery, uh, that mm. went on at the time because copyright laws didn't exist. So, in the <laughs> sense that that thievery was legal and accepted and uh, almost expected, um, I think something rotten really paints a great picture of the Elizabethan world that William Shakespeare lived in, and actually shows just bridges the gap between uh, what how things were going on at the time and how theater is made at the highest echelons. Uh, in America today, so if you if you are going to go to see the show, you'll see you'll actually you'll see a, an amazing musical and a great a great comedy um, done by by people that I've had the pleasure of working with, Chris Hagberg, I believe Melissa Carubia is in it as well. The yes. two people that who I love and appreciate greatly. You'll see a really great show that actually will will educate you as to how things actually were at the time. Yeah, I would say it's emphasis on the accessibility because isn't that kind of a hallmark of Shakespeare too in his time? was that it worked on multiple levels. I could be completely wrong here, but from what I understand, it's like, if you were the highly educated, you would understand like the deeper meaning. But if you were a groundling and just there for a good show, it was like married with children. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, you know, Shakespeare, I you, sometimes the word genius is thrown around a bit loosely these days, but Shakespeare truly was a genius. And not only just in his ability to write plays and write characters that, that represent the deepest uh, human flaws and ambitions and loves and jealousies. Um, but he was also able to speak to any audience that you wanted, be it kings and queens, literal queens and kings. Uh, and as you say, the groundlings. And you could have um, some like just amazing language and themes um, and poetry that, that captures the human essence brilliantly. And also a lot of blood guts and popular songs that people could sing along to and and get behind. You had you had <laughs> extremely villainous villains. You had extremely heroic heroes that people could get behind. Um, but then also have very complex, tragic heroes like Macbeth or Hamlet um, or Othello that really that you know pulled people in and and got them to think about you know humanity at large. So uh, yes, as far as as far as the human condition, Shakespeare I believe was a genius. And in uh, something rotten, he's presented as a rock star, so that's kind of fun too. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. So he was appreciated, you think, in his day, or was this just part of the? Oh yes. Really. Absolutely. Huh. I'm sure there was jealousy abounding, which was what the part of this show is really about. And you know, they list off all these great writers: Thomas Middleton, Thomas More. You know, all, all these names that may sound familiar to your 
history class and they're all kind of you know stars in their own right but Shakespeare is the is the gem the jewel in the crown so to speak so uh it's it's just so uh fun to see uh, Brad Reinking parading around the stage he's quite a veteran performer uh performs all over the United States actually we were lucky enough to get him to play uh, William Shakespeare and he's a uh, powerhouse um, a small and mighty guy who just can <laughs> fill a house with his uh with his voice and his attitude so it's 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 a great thing but um you know there's a love story in it too and there's it's all that accessibility but Shakespeare is famous for you know the love the star-crossed lovers the you know the the unrequited love all of that is so beautifully portrayed in the works of Shakespeare and now they're explored in a fun and accessible way in in a show like this but it's a musical <laughs> it is a musical and they really make fun of it i mean it's just if you, if you are even if you're not a huge musical theater fan it's referencing everything from annie to uh the phantom of the opera to you know because this nostradamus is getting all these visions so he just mixes it all up and they come out with a conglomerate that's just ridiculous and the the sillier it gets the the more you just buy into it it's really fun um so even if you just lightly know like the broadway hits you're going to be uh, really laughing at how they uh, wind it all together into this big mess. <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, no, I mean, Nostradamus and, and I guess his, his less known brother were famous for predictions. Let's, let's get back into this. We've got, we've got two incredible guests here. We've got Zoe Bradford, who's basically one of the creators of company theater. Um, Brendan Mulhern, who is an amazing actor and the creator of many parts, including working on his own show and perhaps, and can I spill the beans about Richard or? Uh, sure. I mean, I guess I just did. Yeah. I mean, we are, we are in the very, very, very early stages of, of, of trying to put together a production of Richard II, uh, a friend of mine who is an excellent director and I are, are teaming up to do that. We are in the, what should we do phase? So we're probably a couple of years away from putting anything up on stage, but um, yeah, it's, it's well it's fun to talk about because richard ii actually mentioned in something rotten it's actually one of the catalysts for uh the bottom brothers to to do their thing yes it's a really cute moment where the patron is saying um i'm going to go see richard the uh second and he and and this uh, brother says well, the second he he's already done richard the third who goes backwards <laughs> <laughs> that's great um just to go back so is it elizabeth who's working with you on richard or uh yeah yeah elizabeth yeah, could... swanson who is an amazing director out in chicago jeff nominated she's incredible we we work very well together so we're excited to see what happens and you know these these things take a long time so you have to yeah. love every aspect of it well if you're listening elizabeth hello because she was also a guest on the dr joe show several years ago um who is she on with? With another wonderful producer uh, off of, out of Broadway. So I, I, I'm just wondering, COVID has had such an impact on our entire world. What about the impact on live theater? Zoe, you and I had a discussion about this a, a year or so ago, because it sounded like things were, were really impacted. Can you tell us a little bit about theater and COVID and how we're surviving? Well, I can certainly tell you about our experience and, and, and many in the Boston area. It was really a nightmare. I mean, what the only good things that came out of COVID were a lot of discussion amongst the uh, theaters in Boston about how we can um, address racial, racial issues and inclusiveness uh, to in, improve that uh, because there was time to really talk, to dig in and talk about it. So I did a lot of Zoom meetings uh, about that topic, but really aside from that, nothing came good, nothing good came of this because it was really a nightmare. I mean, obviously um, Zoom theater is very limited. It does not give you the thrill. It's not, it's certainly not, uh, you know, people try to do things online and I appreciate their efforts, but it really, nothing replaces live theater. And you need that heartbeat of everyone in the same room uh, feeling the emotions, laughing together, whatever it is, uh, feeling a live orchestra, 
uh, all of these elements that we so pride ourselves on were totally, you know, not happening at all. So we really got back to work last summer uh, with our production of, of Rock of Ages, and then quickly had to, uh, you know, kind of tone down a little bit because there was another outbreak. And then we were able to do our Christmas Carol, which sold very well. And then Omicron hit and we had to tuck back in again. So we're just coming out of that now. We're uh, happy to report that, you know, we have had very, very few COVID outbreaks uh, since 2020 uh, amongst cast, crew, anything like that. We've been very cautious and the few that have have isolated and, you know, um, all of my casts are fully vaccinated. Um, so we're able to perform without masks and so on. And our audience can mask. Um, we were mandatory, was mandated, but we're lightening that up because the South Shore area of Boston is, is a remarkably low numbered area. And we're kind of like embracing, you know, the numbers and the CDC guidelines, whatever they suggest we go with. And right now it's uh, sort of a lift of the mask mandate, but we're still recommending it for our patrons. But um, you don't have to if you don't want to. Um, and things are definitely on an upswing. So that's good. But it's been a horrible two years. Awful. It was, uh, you know, and you know what I'm feeling so strongly uh, is the loss that people have had, whether it be from their job, their, the, the fact that they couldn't see friends, family, grandparents couldn't see grandchildren, um, children were isolated, you know, all of these issues have come into play as we regather. Uh, I, I'm finding people are very tender. Uh, they're, they're not, uh, you know, as emotionally strong maybe as they would have been before the pandemic. It is a struggle and a challenge to make everybody uh, make sure that they feel safe, uh, welcomed, and uh, you know, and in a secure environment where they are once in it able to do their art again. Um, it's really been, um, you know, a challenge to make sure that people feel more comfortable. But I think particularly because we work with kids a lot at ACT, uh, our Academy of the Company Theater and at the Company Theater. We have one high school student in um, something rotten, the rest are adults. But, um, you know, they were isolated without friends uh, and so on. And uh, at school, uh, you know, was, was very difficult. So I think these factors have played a tremendous amount of I have had a tremendous amount of impact on us and how we approach our people as we return. Brandon, you, you guys were impacted by this too during your schooling. Oh, sure. I mean, across the industry, um, theater and film and television as well. I mean, everybody uh, was affected and everybody had to adjust. Um, and, it, you know, it hit the biggest theaters on Broadway as well. Um, the, the benefit, though, to a certain percentage, you know, producers who could afford to just cut operations and sit and hold on for the thing to pass by um, were fine. But there are plenty of union and non-union actors and stage and crew and, and everybody else who were out of work for, for two and a half years and still are struggling to, to make things work. Um, if I can, you know, just use this moment to sing the praises of the company theater and, and other smaller theaters like that you know a place like the company theater which i had the the absolute honor of performing in um years ago is a true is truly a family and it's and its effect and its benefit for the community is vital storytelling and community are vital to a good and prosperous and and um gregarious society we need to have those discussions we need to have those um, places where we can come together and learn and and laugh and cry and love and so, you know, Broadway will be fine. The big theaters will be fine. But if you're in your community, wherever you are, but particularly at South Shore, Massachusetts, where this, where this audience is, a place like the company theater needs your support and deserves your support because the work that they do, the lifeline that they are for the young kids in that community, um, the types of shows that they put on, the way they bring people together, they do it the right way. And if you're listening to this show and you can have a chance to go to see something run or anything else that the company theater does, now that we are coming back and now that now that we can be together safely still, you know, and, and of course, you know, company theater and other places are doing an excellent job of making sure that people are safe. Um, now that we have an opportunity to come together and share in these experiences with one another, now's the time to do it. Go to the show, bring your family, have a night where you see something that moves you, whether it's 
laughter, whether it's tears, and then talk about it afterwards. Because those these are these were a hole in our souls for these last two and a half years is not being have these opportunities. So please take advantage now. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Thank you for saying that, Brendan, because it's so true. The support is truly needed. And I know that a lot of theaters couldn't do it, but we are uh, the little engine that could from the from the very beginning, because <laughs> I'm 42 years in now. So, you know, it's, uh, I, I just could never let it let it not happen. You right. know, it's too important. Have you been finding, though, that, that it, it is difficult to get the audience back in? Do you think people are still scared? Yeah, a little, a little bit. We're trying to, you know, make, like I say, make them feel safe. I think people are slow to come out, but once they do and they see how, how easy it is and how wonderful it is to laugh and how easy it is to get there and park. And we're not really allowing people to eat in the theater. So it's not, it doesn't feel like people are breathing all over you kind of thing. You know what I mean? I think it's, we, we've got some rules in place. It's a little more of a safety factor, but um, our meeting, if you want to see an actor afterwards, you meet them outside like you do downtown, you know, you don't mm -hmm. uh, wait in the lobby, you know, it's just because the lobby's smaller than the house, so it would get crowded. So, I mean, there's there's ways to do this that are, are good, and I hope people will take the chance and come and come and see something maybe that they don't know, like something rotten, or just come and see, you know, we're going to do Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat with our youth, uh, you know, a nice old classic, uh, you know, so that's running the end of April, the last two weekends. So, I mean, you know, whatever, whatever appeals to you, it's great, but you just got to get out and support and do it because you'll feel better, you know, having some of your life back. Yeah, and I, I'm going to also echo the endorsement because I did go to company theater to see Christmas Carol, and in large part, not not just because I wanted to get into theater and and be with the crowd again and feel that oxytocin rush and that incredible energy, but also because I knew many people in the cast, including Tom McCoy, who was in the cast of Christmas Carol. That's right. I was Baby Scrooge. <laughs> you look youthful. No, it was very okay. good. You know, and, and, good. And, I, and I will say that I also had the honor and privilege of being in Christmas Carol, I think maybe 10 or 15 years before with, with two of, uh, of my children. Um, it's, it is incredible. And folks, this is, what, this is what company theater is. It's about family. It's, it's about that unique experience where people come together uh, and give of themselves. Theater is, I think, the most incredible art form. Um, because there you are, basically on stage, bearing your soul, and the audience then responds. You know, we, we do this with Drug Story Theater, you know, where we've taken theater um, for kids in recovery and they get up on stage and the experience they have contributes to their sobriety, you know, because the audience is so grateful. It may be scary right now, but having been at company theater and knowing the safety precautions, it's just so insane, isn't it, that we have to even talk about this. Yeah. The safety precautions uh, to go and see a live show. It's like mind boggling, but it is now, it's now part of our world, it's part of our culture. And I think that that is part of our evolution. And I think to get back to it, that's part of what Shakespeare is, is so dominant in because he talked about things hundreds of years ago that still resonate with us today i mean he had some great jokes absolutely puns brendan is like yeah, i mean go ahead a, i mean you know he's a pun master um some of them don't read the same way today as they did back then simply because of language and um how senses of humor change or or things like that um but any it doesn't matter it could be leer it could be much ado but nothing there's always going to be some uh, just a lot of wordplay in there uh, that you get to explore and and decide how you're going to, you know, perform that for the audience. Yeah. One of my favorite examples of of him mixing comedy and tragedy is in Macbeth when um, 
you know, after the murder of Duncan has happened and uh, Macduff calls on the castle and um, he gets sent up to see the king. Uh, but, but before he discovers Duncan's body, um, Lennox talks to Macbeth about how awful the night it was, about how the storms were raging and and it was really pretentious that bad things have happened and they, they couldn't even keep their camp straight and they were scared to fall asleep. And he goes this this long thing about how awful the night was and how scary it was. And the whole time Macbeth just is standing there listening and then and when he's done, without, I don't know, it's about 20 lines about how bad it was. Macbeth just goes, it was a rough night. <laughs> and it's this brief moment of just, you know, <laughs> hilarious comedy that to just give you a little bit of a release from what has happened, because it, it, you know, it's right in the middle of Duncan being murdered and Lady M and Macbeth kind of going crazy about that whole thing and Macduff discovering it and setting off the events of the last half of the play. Um, but just a little bit of a lift. Shakespeare knew it to give you a lift you know, when you needed it, just to help propel you into the bloodbath that's to come. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Incredible. And, 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 and that, Tom, did you want to say something about this or? Well, no, I, it's just, uh, I, I also recently learned that during the Elizabethan era, no matter what the subject of the play was, they would usually have like a comedic jig afterwards as sort of a, an after dinner mince. And, and that's part I think of why it resonates so well. Um, it was interesting uh, that when something rotten was written, <clears throat> it was uh, the end of 2016, it was uh, coming toward, to Broadway and um, there's a number in it. Uh, they, the brothers are just trying to brew up what would be, what would make a great musical. And they come, they come up with this theme. It has to be an epic event. And so they call, they have this big number called the Black Death, which is about the plague. <laughs> now, this is way before we ever knew that the pandemic was coming, but it is absolutely uh, bring the house down funny. And it's really important to be able to laugh at yourself, laugh at your own situations. That number is just killer. You know, the, uh, the Grim Reapers are coming out with the, you know, the famous crow, crow face and the, the guys are, the, the troop is all singing about the Black Death and how disgusting it is and um, very graphically. And it's, it's really a hilarious number. I know it doesn't sound funny to tell it, but when you're in it, it, it truly is. And I'm like, yeah, it's really, uh, really important to be able to step back and say, well, we can find humor in anything. Absolutely. My so favorite just, lyric from that song is, uh, what's that coming out your pee-pee? Right. <laughs> they do sing that. <laughs> a very adult musical for a very adult audience. I don't know if you can Tom, say that on the radio. I guess Tom, we, we, we learn so much about you every show. I, I'm, I'm they do, don't they? not exactly sure why that's your favorite line, but we will leave it to the imagination. Of it's a funny word. Audience. It's, yes, it's a good one. Um, and just to go back to it, so, so it's playing at Company Theater right now, and people can, can get tickets online. And I understand there may even be a discount. Right. Well, I thought it'd be fun to offer a discount for Dr. Joe listeners. So we just uh, thought you can just do this promo code, Joe. So go online, <laughs> type in Joe, and you're going to get eight bucks off. That's a really well, good deal. <laughs> that is a really good deal. That's Joe, J-O-E, Joe. I think that's wonderful. That's so sweet right. of you. Thank you. Oh, that'll be nice. So, yeah. so, th so there is a tradition at Company Theater of getting people into the theater not just with these coupons, but so I wonder whether you could talk about some of the some of the ways that you've gotten some people into the theater who really needed to be there. Oh yes! Oh my gosh! I you know, once again, I just feel like that that loneliness had really set in on for people, and so you know, by by ha by having the chutzpah to do theater, and basically we were the only people doing theater because we were doing outdoor theater which I know was very unique because uh, I didn't really see too many other people toughing it out. But we did a, um, a basically a, a con collaborated with the Hingham Historical Society and did a haunted Hingham tour. I researched, uh, I live in Hingham and I researched some information. We got permission to go into this fabulous cemetery and, uh, and, and also through some historic homes. And we, I got actors together and it was all very safe because it was all outdoors. 
And oh my God, what a riot. I mean, I really kind of feel like an expert at outdoor theater. Now it is hard. It is totally different than what you'd ever be used to if you're used to performing indoors. But um, it was it was really fun and stimulating. So that, you know, I went in my collaboration, the Hingham Historical Society was like, well, should we run it one or two nights or maybe five nights? I said, no, run it the month. Watch <laughs> it blow up. And boy, it did. I mean, you couldn't hardly get a ticket to the thing. So we did it again in 2021. And we're going to do a, a little more limited version in uh, 2022 because we've um, got a lot going on in the fall but we're still going to offer uh, some of that again and it was really a blast so we did that then we went on to really do a creative thing with a Victorian Christmas uh, kind of festival kind of thing on property and uh, that got us up to you know through December I mean it's it's it was low money for what we're used to having to live on all of my staff was furloughed uh, but everybody was pitching in. They're just like, we can't stop, you know, and the actors just wanted to act. They wanted that opportunity to do something. Uh, so they just jumped on it and it was, I had wonderful people and they really delivered all kinds of fun, you know, music and reciting different things from classic winter tales and, you know, uh, and, uh, some Christmassy kind of things and, you know, all, all different classics. And it was really a classy, um, event outdoors within and when it snowed it was even more beautiful it was like a tour a lantern tour basically on our property in our in the woods and so on it was really cool so you know that helped get people staying in the moment that's what we had to do don't think we're going to go away don't think we're just going to fold up and go uh and never be back or you know struggle to be back so that just kept us in the public eye so then when it was time to actually do a show, people were coming back. And I think I'm getting a good feeling that it's gonna, it is gonna come back and in, in great throngs because I'm a big believer in history repeating itself. It's gonna be like the roaring twenties, you know, like uh, we had the horrible, uh, you know, flu epidemic of 1918, actually my um, great grandparents died in that leaving my grandmother and her siblings an orphan. And that was, uh, you know, a hundred years ago. And um you know, and, and then we had the roaring 20s. And I think it's going to be, a, a, I think we're going to have another roaring 20s on our hands soon. I'm hoping. I mean, there's a lot of conservatism as well, but that always ramps up the roaring 20s a little more. So I think, I think it's going to be an interesting time to be alive and see what's happening. I want people to come back to the theater because it's exciting and fun and something you can do with your family, with your kids, with a friend, whoever. And Brandon, what about you? Um, what's going to be happening, do you think, with theater in New York right now? Well, I mean, we've already had an opportunity to see some amazing plays, some new plays. That, you know, they were in development before the pandemic happened, but they mm -hmm. were timely then, and they're actually even more timely now. Um, two in particular, Passover, uh, which was just had its Broadway run, um, was brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. And one that I hope, I, I don't know what their plans are. I hope it goes to Broadway. It better go to Broadway because it's a masterpiece called On Sugarland by Alicia <laughs> Harris. And um, mm. both of these plays are, um, have to do with the black experience in America um, and are, are, are different in their approaches to it, but um, masterpieces all the same. And they challenge uh, your typical theater going audience, particularly your, your, your Broadway theater going audience, which is gonna be a little bit older, a little bit more affluent because they can afford a Broadway ticket. Um, <laughs> and uh, may or may not want their worldview challenged. And so I, I'm happy that theaters are putting on these kinds of plays um, that will be new experiences, even for uh, the majority of um, regular Broadway theater goers. Um, so that's encouraging. That's really, that's really cool. Um, and we need more of it. We need, we need far more of it. Um, though like minority voices have been, have been kept out of the big theaters and, and the, the major publications. So, um, you know, we can't be satisfied with two plays. We, we need hundreds and hundreds and we need to support the artists that are doing that. So I hope that continues. Uh, I, I hope that I can continue to, to, to be a patron of those things and support them just with my with my dollars and my and my patronage um so that's exciting but there yeah there's a way to go like there are still safety safety issues and there's always money issues um so i agree with you zoe i think the art that will come out of this time if we are bold 
will be incredible and world changing. Um, and I, and I just, I hope that we can support that in any way we can. I agree. And I, I love the uh, diversity factor that is so vital, so important to the survival of the art. Let's, let's go, let's go with that. Yeah, it is, it is so important that there's more inclusivity. If, if COVID has taught us anything, I think it's how much we have in common and yet also how much we have dismissed people. Um, you know, when we were off air, Zoe, you, you were talking a little bit about some of the, some of the really the culture of company theater, which really has to do with inclusivity. And you made a point uh, of demonstrating that. Can you talk a little bit about the story well, with him? We were uh, getting ready to open something rotten. And uh, the day before, I know that the um, drama uh, students at Hingham High School were preparing for a competition that uh, it's a statewide competition that a lot of the high schoolers uh, participate in. And as uh, they had heard on the news uh, that gay uh, was not allowed in Florida and Texas, they decided, the students decided to stand in solidarity and have a walkout. Um, you know, not a walkout of the whole school. They just walked out of the class to show, to show their support. Well, um, unfortunately, as I have been told, um, the captain of several sports teams uh, started off a catcalling situation, making them feel very bad and unsafe. And uh, when and they decided to not perform their competition piece for for the school uh, body because they were afraid to be that they would be made fun of. And I just thought that was so sad. That's still happening here in 2022, um, where you'd think people would be more sensitive. And I heard there was really no, um, you know, uh, reprimand for the student. And I was so surprised about that. So anyway, through, through the, um, some of the administration and one of the students, I said, I'm going to offer uh, a free ticket to, I had just enough uh, uh, open seats that I could offer this drama club free tickets to something rotten that opening night, the night after. And um, then they came up on stage afterwards, met the cast, had their photograph taken with them. And we just wanted to show solidarity for them because they were just making a statement and were so, you know, accused and, and you know, belittled. And that's just not right. Um, you know, it was a small gesture, but the gestures add up. You know, if everybody can step forward and, and do something for these kids, they know that they're not alone. That's right. I, I'm getting goosebumps uh, as you talk about that because it's such a powerful statement and it's so important. Um, and again, you know, as we get later in the show, you know, the I am approach, small changes have big effects. And I sure hope that that small change, that gesture has a big effect. And you control so. no one, you influence everyone and you, you choose the kind of influence. And Zoe, that's that's a powerful influence on these kids, but and it's still happening. Brandon, was anything like that happening in, in the theater world? Because the theater in, in your world, it seems to be so inclusive, but have there been times where it's not? Oh, of course. I mean, you know, um, theater is a human endeavor and it is, and it is you know, an expansion of the human condition. And so it's going to be made up of all different kinds of personalities and, and thoughts and uh, sins. And it's, it, you can't escape uh, any of that stuff, no matter, no matter what you're doing. So, you know, the efforts now, I think the reckoning that happened over the last couple of years of recognizing where, you know, art and where in the places where art and industry meet, there has been a failure uh, to protect people to to promote dignity to promote respect and and uh safety i there are you know i i think things like like actors equity and and other and other movements are trying to uh face that and do better but um it's always a work in progress and we always need to be aware of how our behavior affects others and how the institutions that we put in place or or the systems that we have in place affect others. And if we're failing, then we need to, to look back at that. It's another reason why I will always sing the praises of the company theater because they, they live that mission 
of being a family and being a real lifeline for kids and particularly young people in the community, but really everybody. Because parents and caretakers also benefit from having a place like the Company Theater that provides such uh, a wonderful tent under which everybody is welcome. So the Company Theater represents the best of what theater can be, um, not just in its storytelling and its production value, but also in what it means truly means to be part of a community. And I, you know, I will always use that as, as a touchstone for myself in anything that I do and anybody that I interact with and, and measure up. And I don't care how big the theater is or how, how big the industry is. I would measure it up to the way the company theater treats people. Yeah. I remember um, when we went to the recognition of, of Jordy and how uh, it was said that all you need to do is audition to show up for the audition and you're part of company theater, you know, uh, and that it's so wonderful. All you need to do is show up and you're part of the family. I love that. I so love that. Yeah. Jordy was so special that way because she made everybody feel like, you know, she, they were family and it, they're, they're tough shoes to fill. I get very engrossed in, in an overall vision or a, you know, or a project that, you know, demands a lot of my artistic, uh, you know, capabilities. And I, I always have to step back and think, what would Jordy be doing right now? Because, because I want to make sure that, uh, you know, if it's, whether you're from the LGBTQ community, whether you're uh, a divorcee who's in a midlife crisis, I mean, we've, I, I can't even tell you how many people's lives we've changed. And I, you know, I, it's a trajectory that's uh, been, a lifeblood for, for me. I'm rewarded just by seeing other people uh, find a place to be, if even if it's for a little time or uh, part of a lifetime, because everybody who comes through the door, at least they, most people feel like they can just come back. It might be mm -hmm. 10 years later, but they can come back. They mm -hmm. say, oh, I'm so glad to be back. Isn't that great? Yeah, yeah it is. It is incredible. And, and every time I, I go and see a show, I feel the same way. I feel like, oh, so nice to be home. Yes. That's what people say. So nice to be home. You know, uh, our Midwestern capability there. It, <laughs> it, I, I mean, it's fantastic. You know, we were talking about there how human beings have spent millennia increasing their value by decreasing somebody else's and then are astonished that the person does that in kind and then are even more astonished it leads to war. It's happening in our world right now, over and over again. But we can do something different. And I think this is what theater is about, certainly what company theater is about. And what the I am is saying is at every and any moment in time, you can remind someone of their value. And whenever you remind someone of their value, you increase your own value. That's because people begin to trust. And theater is all about trust. I mean, it really is. You're up there saying some lines and you're trusting that the person who's next to you has memorized theirs and is gonna give you the right cue. The I am, you know, has four domains, the home domain, the social domain, the biological domain, the I see, how I see myself, how I think other people see me. And these four domains interact. So because they interact, a small change can have a big effect. You don't need to change everything, but a small change can have a big effect. Brendan, I'm gonna ask you first. As we're talking about theater and coming out of COVID, what small change can you recommend to our listeners? Go to a show. It, you know, if you've never been to a theater show, musical, drama, Shakespeare, any of it, just go to one. Pick one. You know, go down the list, pick one, and go. Um, it's meant to challenge us, and it's meant to unite us. And uh, if, if you're having hesitations about whether or not you feel like you'd understand it, or you think you don't like musicals, or maybe you think that the, the, the thing going up on stage is, is meant to be an attack against you and your, way, and your political views or your lifestyle or whatever, um, that's a discussion worth having, but you can't have it unless you, you go and see the show. So if you've never been to one, or if it's been a while, or maybe you think you don't like something or would not like something i challenge you to just go and then and then and live in that and, and see how that affects you 
Zoe? Oh, man. I mean, Brendan kind of said the same thing I did. And I'd say, you know, uh, look and see what you think will appeal to you and 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 do it. You, you know, don't, uh, you know, be discrepant, you know, don't don't just say, oh, well, I've got to force myself to go to something. You know what I mean? Um, you know, find out what who's doing a good job out there. Who's 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 giving giving it their all. Who's not just a drama club doing doing something to just satisfy themselves. You know, it's somebody who's got going to give you something back. And if people are committed to what they're doing up there, then you're going to have a great experience, you know. So I, you know, for me, I'd say my message is there's nothing like a live performance, just like there's a, nothing like, you know, live sports or live what, whatever you want to go to. But the live theater experience, if it's done well, you know, with people who are believing in what they're doing, then you are in for a thrill. And it could be, it could be life-changing and just one little line can change your whole way of thinking about something or feeling about something. It's amazing how it, it can give you the chills. It can feel, make you feel elevated. Um, it, it's it's uh, an experience like no other. And you, know, you can go to a movie and be really happy that other people are laughing or responding or you can, you can feel that energy, um, but it is not live. And that's, that's the extra thrill that you get with good theater. So, so absolutely find that and, and embrace it because we need you to come. Yeah, that's a small change. It can have a big effect. And the second truth is, yeah, go ahead. I'm Joe, can I just give a real quick real life example of, of why what Zoe's saying is incredibly important? Sure. Uh, when I was, before I got into acting, I was into music before I had a band and that was my first love, but life happens and that broke up and I found myself creatively uh, stagnant. And I, by, by happenstance, I had a friend who was working in Vegas at the time. He invited me for a long weekend and he got us tickets to see Spamalot uh, in Vegas starring John O'Hurley of Seinfeld fame. And I, as a, as a uh, Python fan growing up and, you know, never having seen a music before, I was like, okay, what's this about? And I had the best time. I laughed so hard. I was in awe of the performers and how they did it and how much fun they were having. And it put a kernel in my mind. I like, I don't know, but maybe I could do that. I've done music. I've been on stage, but I've never done that. But maybe I could do that. And it led me down this journey of doing improv and sketch and some musicals and some dramas and things like that. And to the point it was like five years later, I got to be in Spamalot at the company theater. That's amazing. Right. It's and, wonderful. And, that, and the way that the company theater operates further inspired me to just to, to try something else and to do it at that level. So yes, I can testify to what Zoe said about the importance of just trying something and going and seeing what happens. Just yeah, try it. And just like you say, Brendan, I, I've had so much, and you, you are a perfect example because you're so darn talented, but you know, people will walk in and they'll say, I've never done this before. And you're like, that's okay. We're here to teach you. We think you've got the potential to do this or that. And it may be something small and it may be something bigger. We might shock you and put you in something that you never thought you could do before, but we know because that's what we do as directors. We yeah. can see it. We see the potential and in people who walk in and that's the beauty of it is it could be a very big surprise for you yeah. and that gets to the second truth of the i am because everyone's interested in what you think about them and that has an effect on their biological domain because you know it feels differently when you feel respected and valued than disrespected and devalued this means you control no one but you influence everyone and you get to choose the kind of influence you want to be so i'm going to start with you on this one I think we already may know where we're going, but what kind of influence, Zoe Bradford, do you want to be? Um, well, it's it's. I am about a legacy. I'm going to be honest with you. I've been doing this my whole life, and I. That's why the pandemic wasn't going to put take it away from me. I felt like if if I can keep uh, a, an atmosphere of creativity, inclusiveness, excitement. Uh, live music, uh, incredible shows. It's like broad, it feels like Broadway. And once in a while, we just jump away from Broadway and we do something creative and new. 
or we uh, do an original work. Actually, I'm working on one and we'll do a whole nother show on that, uh, <laughs> Dr. Joe, I'm sure. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's that kind of thing. I, I, I just want to be sure that I'm laying a groundwork that it's going to live far beyond what, what I live. You know, I just want to see it going from generations to generation, you know, and that's, that's a beautiful thought because life changes and we don't know what those changes are going to be. Look at how many changes happened in the pandemic for all of us, but the, you know, human nature is, is going to stay the same. And we, I want to be there. I want my organization to be there to nurture it. Yeah. And you have had an influence on so many, so many. Brandon, I ever thought (laughs) I'm going to close it up with you. You control no one. You influence everyone. You get to choose the kind of influence you want to be. Brandon Mulhern, what kind of influence do you want to be? Well, as an actor and an artist, you know, over the last couple of years, we've had the time to take a, take sort of take an audit at, at what we're doing and how we're actually going to affect people. And it's been uh, hard, but necessary at times for me as a white cis het male and if those terms make you bristle a little bit i just want to ask you to breathe whoever's listening just breathe for a second and just take it <laughs> he's um, cool he's cool really <laughs> yeah it's fine it's fine we, it's cool it's fine um what is my responsibility you know not just as as a very privileged uh person in this world and in this industry um what is what is my what is my responsibility um to the audience and people who listen i guess i would just sum it up by saying i hope that the, the the company theater and places like that do a great job of welcoming people in and making them feel good. What I would like to be able to do in my acting, whether it's through a character or a play or something, a director, whatever, is that that athletic captain who made fun of those performers and, those, and their fellow student, their fellow classmates, their fellow human beings, if I can get that person to stop for a second and just think, and, go, and see themselves in a character that I play, or even in just me as a person, and go, wait a minute, there's a different way. I can be a better person. We can be better people. That, then that's, that's where I feel like I will do my best work. So mm-hmm. as, as somebody who's of, of a certain stature, uh, certain sound, certain build, you know, who am I gonna, uh, who am I gonna have an, an effect on? I feel like that, that's, that's the one that I would like to be able to go Oh, I can be better. Bravo yeah. on that one. Yeah. That's that's a great mission, great influence. You know, I I just want to thank both of you for, for coming on tonight because, uh, as you know, theater has a very special place in my heart as well, and as do both of you. So thank you so much, Tom. Thanks for putting it together. And everyone... Go see the show. Make that small change. Buy a ticket right now. Something's rotten at Company Theater. And put in the word Joe. You get eight bucks off. How cool is that? All right, everybody. If, I didn't, sell, if I didn't sell it for you with the PP thing, I don't know what I don't know what will. <laughs> yeah, right. Nothing right. will. That's exactly right. All right. All right. Good night, everyone. Thank you. Good night. Nice see to you see week. you. Thank you, Brendan, for being on. It was great to see you. An honor, Zoe. Thank you.